edition of Stuff and Things with Rob, the podcast that is not about taxidermy but does have a definite purpose. I'm joined tonight by my brother and constant co-host, Will Fangy. Hi, how you doing? We are joined tonight by friend of the network, Chase Nordengren. How you doing tonight, Chase? Good. I thought for a second you were going to say we were joined again, and then I blacked out on like some past recording. Oh, no. Well, uh, welcome aboard is all I can say to that. You don't remember last week? <laughs> we, appreciate all, we appreciate all the donations that you decided to give to us last week via... Yeah, no, welcome to your first episode. Fuck it, I, had, I got nothing. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's, uh, we're glad to have you on, Chase, and we hope that uh, you, um, you have a nice time here and decide you want to become a regular contributor to the good things going on here at the Nerd Uprising Network. Uh, speaking of the network, as we start off, I would like to um, say thanks to everyone who has followed the show on Twitter, um, has followed me on Twitter, has followed me on Instagram, and I know Will has uh, increased his social media presence by everything going on in the network. I'm a social media god. You have no idea. Like, people look to me now for social media. That's not true. Thank you all, seven of you, for following the podcast and subscribing and downloading things and saying nice things to us on the internet or not nice things to us on the internet. Thank you to those people because I enjoy... It's hate fuel is what it is. It keeps me going. It tells me the reason I should do things in a different way. I should really just start drinking before I do this. But this is, doing this sober is not as much fun. No, it's not. Certainly not. Uh, Certainly not. Barking. Well, unlike, unlike the last episode where we brought one topic out and then extrapolated to a whole lot of other things, we have a few different things tonight that we're uh, going to cover in the show. The first one is something that it's something that I'd like to do because, you know, obviously I'm into photography and I'm into other things and some of the videos taken with uh, with these things are awesome. The RC quote unquote drones. Now, I don't know whether or not we really should call them drones because as has been stated in a article by Reuters that we'll, we'll, you know, we'll put in the show notes. Oh, it's already in the show notes. Oh, it's already in the show notes. Absolutely. Which can be found at nerdarpresing.co slash stuff things Rob. Is that where it is? I think so. Or is it stuff and things with Rob? You know what? Just check your podcast player. None of you are listening to this on the internet. It's okay. You've all yeah. downloaded this through Overcast at this point. Stuff and so. things with Rob slash three. Yeah, there we go. 73% of responders said they want regulations on these things. And the majority of them said it's okay for the police to have them, but it's not okay for the general public to use them. Oh, good. You're laughing at this too. And I'm trying to figure (laughs) out, like, obviously we've not clarified the word drone enough in this sense. And I need to ask you guys, are people really afraid of these little things or are they just dumb? Like what, what's, what's your take on this? Will? I'm, I'm, I'm baffled by this. I, as I was going through the article, two things stuck out at me. The first one was that everyone that they, that they used a pull quote for was over the age of 55, 
which may be not the most reliable when we're talking about new and uh, new and upcoming technology. And the second thing was the, ma- the majority of people that said they didn't things, want yes. drones or they or they didn't want drones in their neighborhood or they wanted some sort of regulations on them were for privacy and uh, security reasons. But they're okay with the police having them. Did you forget that the NSA already knows everything about you? The NSA is listening to us right now on the internet doing these things. It's okay for the police to have them in a police state. And I'm not, I'm going, I know I'm going super crazy left wing here, but it's okay for the cops to have them, but it's not okay for regular people to have them. Listen, if you want to nude sunbathe and you're okay with the cops seeing it, but you're not okay with the weird 14 year old boy next door seeing it, you're what we call a buzzkill. Sir, you should put some pants on and think about how you're looking at... No, I don't... I... Stick up for the weird 14-year-old boys. We'll fang you, everybody. That's my job. I, I'm i a weird 14-year-old boy at heart every day. That's, that's not the show title. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I... I feel like... I don't know. I think it's, I think it's really interesting, and I thought that the whole idea behind drones was kind of cool and kind of neat and then they became like it almost it almost blew up like we i remember sitting in the sprint store waiting to get uh, a phone upgrade back in october and sprint was selling drones and i thought to myself this seems a little odd so i guess they're everywhere now um i don't know i guess there definitely needs to be some sort of rules and some sort of regulations and the way they have it set up right now is not going to be nearly as effective, but let's make sure that we're not, you know, um, jumping to conclusions or going a little crazy over things here. Um, Chase, are you constantly buzzed in your neighborhood by things with small wings and propellers? I know that you live in a neighborhood that is, uh, well, let me put it this way. I saw your friend that hangs out on the street corner with his sign. Um, do you want him to be able to have a drone so that he can, I don't know, put that megaphone on top of a thing with wings and come directly up to your window? Um, you know, I probably don't, though. If the police just bothered enforcing our noise ordinances, that would probably take care of the whole thing. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of scratching my head about definitions here, too, because I feel like somewhere along the way I missed the memo between when drones were those things the military used to drop bombs in Pakistan and the RC helicopter the kid down the street uses to, I, I don't know, hook up his iPhone to a camera in the air. He's and looking at seemed... titties. You know he's looking at titties, right? That's well, that's, sure. that's, why I'm, that's why I'm looking out for these guys. To, to each their own. Your, your defense of the red-blooded American male is admirable, Will. I do what I can. But, but, like, I just don't know. Like, I don't... Like, did you guys see, like, other than televisions which apparently the the people that make televisions are just in the market to try to get you to buy a new television regardless of whether the one that you have right now works just fine or not they're, they're the tv industry is turning into the auto industry where they don't care what you do have they need you to buy a new one but these little copters were the big thing at ces like oh goodness they're, CES. they're well but again when you're at a major market show this is what they're showing. This is what tech companies who make things are trying to sell. And I feel like all, all of a sudden, okay, it seems like the new piece of technology that all the cool kids want to have has arrived, and now we have to find ways to regulate it. Well, 
and I this will this is gonna be by the way make a wonderful segue into the the big topic for today, which I'm not gonna jump into just yet. But remind me that we talked about new technology and regulations uh, here in a little while. We live in a society where if there's not rules, we can't expect everyone. Listen, there are going to be a, f- a few people that ruin it for everybody. There's going to be, and I make the jokes about it, there's going to be that kid or that grown man down the road that's doing some things with a camera on a drone that people find super creepy. There's going to be people that, well, I mean, and the article referenced it a little bit, somebody crashed a drone on the lawn of the White House. Now, if you're a little bit closer and your battery doesn't die, I mean, we go back to drones dropping things in Pakistan, you know, I'm, I don't by any means think that the White House is the most secure building in the world, but that, I mean, that's got to make you raise an eyebrow, right? Well, uh, a, a little one. I'm, I've seen your eyebrows. They're not small. Well. You're a hairy man. Thank you. I'm more that was not a, wa- that was not a compliment. No, I, I, I know, but I'm trying to play it off. Um, I'm thinking the guy that crashed this thing into the White House lawn was probably a newbie and said, hey, I'm going to take a cool picture of the White House because now, because everyone's scared of terrorists and I can't actually walk on the lawn, I can now send an RC copter over the side and it can take a cool picture of the White House. Like, I'm thinking that's what happened because obviously we haven't heard anything come out of it that, oh my goodness, we've now stopped something nefarious which is the first thing the government wants to do whenever they do actually stop anything nefarious. Nefarious, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I just, you know, oh, I don't get it. Chase, do you have many drones? Like in your house? Around you? Are you a helicopter guy? Are they sitting right there? Are there, are there feelings hurt by Rob's words? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's like 30 or 40 drones flying around here. I've got one bringing me my drink right now. <sighs> I want one. Yeah, drink, bring, and drown. That's what I need in my life. Yeah. I'm a little bit worried. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I'm a little bit worried that with this stuff, like a lot of other, with a lot of other things related to terrorism or what have you, we're always sort of fighting the last war, and we always get caught up on the sort of way of the moment somebody's done something that scares us. So we're still taking our shoes off in the airport several years after someone... (laughs) One guy, one guy to successfully put one in a bomb. One yeah. guy. I'm, I, it, are, are drones just the thing that we've decided we're going to be afraid of for the next six months and then make rules against that are annoying for the next 20 years? Oh. That's a good point. I guess I didn't think about it. I guess it is. It's, it's the thing. It's not just the up and coming technology. It's the thing to be afraid of right now, which makes I don't want to say it makes logical sense. I guess it makes sense in some form of the well this is the new thing that no one understands so quick let's be afraid of it right and i think you know come coming back to rob's first point i think solving that definition problem is the first step i really need to decide what i think's enough and what i think's too much i at this point still don't know what separates a drone from you know the estes rocket with a 35 millimeter camera i could have shot off as a kid and, and until until it's clear to me like what what the technology is capable of what the limits of what we're willing to sell to consumers are and what 
these things they're selling at the Sprint store actually are, I'm, I'm sort of hard-pressed to say, this is good, this is bad. That was some good, solid youth throwback right there with the Estes rocket. I appreciate that. You, I got the feels on that one. Um, that shooting rockets off of the backyard, definitely a nerd thing. So it, it definitely adheres well. You're going to get along well here, sir. Oh, good. Thank you. Yeah, no, we, we like that. Um, I... Pff. I don't know. I tell you what, I'm looking at the show notes and the picture of the drone in the show notes frightens me. If I saw that flying over my house, <laughs> I like I wet myself a little bit when it popped up and it's digitally there. Like if I saw that gigantic thing, oh my god. Yeah. No. My dogs would cry. Well, like and hide under the bed. My my other question to you guys is do you think that when they phrase this question and you walk up to someone and you say, "Do you think it's okay if police have drones?" That, you know, some person said, well, no, if the police have something that, you know, they want to, you know, knock off the quote unquote bad people in my neighborhood. Sure. You know, I don't know whether or not they think that the cops are going to be able to have armed drones that are somehow, you know, going to take care of the neighborhood drug dealer or something like completely without due process. Like, shit, dude, you just got really 1984 on us here. Like armed drones like <laughs> oh my god what if there was i'm thinking about the robot that we talked about in the last episode and uh-huh. it has like tiny drones that it can use for like scouting oh my god the world is coming to an end the robots are taking over it's all your fault you you did this no <laughs> no when it when it comes to law enforcement having them i um I lived in New York for about six months. I couldn't hack it. It's okay. Go ahead and send me all your emails and tweets laughing at me. Um, there was on our there was on our corner uh, or on the corner closest to us, about a half a block away, one of the NYPD sort of I, I've always I was called like a video monitoring station. It was about a, a story or a story and a half high, so about fifteen feet up. Um, and it had cameras that pointed in 360 degrees all the way around in every direction. And I will say that I felt considerably more comfortable knowing that that thing was up there. I know that no one was monitoring it, but I did feel considerably more safe knowing that if I, if, you know, if shit were to go down, that at least there would be some sort of video of me getting mugged at gunpoint by whoever was there. Um, I don't know why that was more comforting. I guess it was probably before I was more worried about the fact that if it's watching when bad things are happening, that means it's watching when bad things aren't happening. And then it's like, it's like Google reading my email, like NYPD always knows what's going on, whether I want them, whether I need them to know what's going on or not. Like I don't need Gmail to know what's in my email unless I need to go searching for it. I don't need the NYPD to know what's going on unless someone has pointed a sharp and or potentially dangerous object object at me. Um, I guess I didn't really think about it all the way around, but I do know I felt more comfortable when I knew that the police were, I don't know, quote unquote, watching. Well, let me just state for the record that I am of the opinion that if these things are used in a legal way, you know, through due process, if you have a search warrant that includes the surveillance of a property and you want to use this technology to do that in order to keep law enforcement officers safer, Hey, man, that's fine by me. Like, I'm not against using the technology for law enforcement purposes. I just don't know that it's not okay, you know, 
for me to go out and use one to take video, say, in the Louisiana marsh that I can't get to by boat. You know what I mean? I don't know. What, what, do, you, what do you think, Chase? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think Will should feel this, this pressure. And I, this pressure always seems to be around these privacy issues, I feel like, uh, where you have to choose all or nothing with these new technologies or these new ways of surveillance. There's got to be a sort of middle ground between the police aren't allowed to have cameras anywhere and the police have cameras that can see through walls and watch you take a shower. Like there, it seems like the problem with with drones is is not so much that they have cameras, but that they use cameras in ways that we would already say, eh, you probably shouldn't be able to use a camera in that way. You probably shouldn't be able to use a camera to violate the Fourth Amendment. But should somebody be able to have an RC helicopter that can take a hundred foot view of a Louisiana march? Yeah, it seems like a different thing. Rob, I was interested and curious because we keep going back to the Louisiana Marsh. Um, how I was talking about this with Elizabeth last night, my, my my lovely wife, and she, I told her this is one of the topics we were discussing today, and she brought up the point that um, one of the wedding venues that she and I have done events at before uh, hosted a wedding back in the fall, and the photographers that shot the wedding had to use a drone to take some of the pictures because the uh, the angles were so weird that you couldn't get in and get good wide angle shots because there just there wasn't the space. Is this something that you would think about and or consider using professionally with your photography, or is it something that like, is it something you're watching how they regulate the cameras on it because you've thought about doing using it professionally? Or is that something that that crossed your mind? I have only thought about using it professionally in the sense of. I would like to maybe do some video in addition to the slideshow that I would provide to clients. Um, I have, I've seen it used beautifully um, in a couple of different ways. I'm sorry, but I'm blanking on the photographer that did it. And honestly, I don't remember where it was, but it was someplace that had some cliffs. I don't know if it was in Ireland or if it was somewhere on the West Coast. I, I don't remember where it was. But the top of the cliff had this just beautiful, lush green lawn. And the side of the cliff was obviously this, this you know, rocky terrain that went down like a 300-foot drop-off. Well, they used the drone to pan out over the cliffside and take this big, wide, looping video of the couple that was just... And it, it looked like... The couple was just out there by themselves. Well, you know, the drone operator is probably only maybe 15 or 20 feet out of the shot, but it's taken this incredible video. I think for people that do videography in this sense can use this technology to greatly, you know, produce awesome things for their clients and increase their sales and and everything else like that. I don't know that I would use it so much in the same way that it has been used for video, but I'm certainly watching where it is because as you know, it's like with any other thing with video, as it gets better, you can start taking stills from the video camera and then, you know, really where does video start and stills begin and all that kind of thing. So it it is something I am looking at for, for a professional perspective. 
It's it's definitely something that I think as time progresses and as people become more familiar with it, it's it's something that's definitely a topic worth watching because uh, I don't think they're I don't think it's going anywhere. I'll be interested to see what some of the regulations look like and what some of the uh, what some of the fight back might look like once those do fall into place. Okay, well, um, speaking of things that we'd rather keep private and things that we have uh, going on in public. Um, I came across a, a article today, and this this will probably be the, the topic we spend the most time talking about, is what's going on with cleaning up the Twitter trolls? Oh, the, the lovely fuzzy-haired Twitter trolls. And what they're going to do. And Mr. Costolo, who, you know... Love him or hate him, he's currently running Twitter. And I'm, I'm going to read this quote directly from him. I'm frankly ashamed of how poorly we've dealt with this issue, meaning the trolls, during my tenure as CEO. It's absurd. There's no excuse for it. I take full responsibility for not being more aggressive on this front. It's nobody else's fault but mine, and it's embarrassing. Now, I don't disagree with any of that. I don't disagree that in the past, you know, people who have made horrible, obscene, terrible statements on Twitter really haven't, you know, have kind of done so with impunity, have done so without really having much happen to them. And... I find it very interesting that uh, uh, Dick, can, can we call him Dick? Well, we've already marked, I've used enough four-letter words already that we had to mark the not suitable for work tag about a minute and a half into the podcast. So I'm, okay. I'm, you, okay. Dick, Dick, right. Dick, Dick. You can just say <laughs> him as much as you want. All right. Um, what he's doing is that he's, he's now saying, we're now going to be firm about this. And, uh, okay, great. But... If you kind of look at them and, and, and you kind of look at, at their business model, you know, like a lot of tech companies, Twitter, well, Twitter's return on investment may not be what a lot of people hoped it would be. And part of the reason that they're not being able to sell a lot of targeted ads, which is the way that Twitter makes money, is because of all these accounts created that are there and sometimes never used and sometimes that disappear that are specifically created for trolling. If, if I can make that a verb, can I make that a verb English teacher? That no, that that's already a verb. It's, okay. I, it's, it's, it's in the, um, vernacular. I guess it's, You're good. I guess it's the gerund, isn't it? Um, yeah, it, it, good for you. Gold hey, star. Thank you, sir. Um, Holy reason- shit, you know what a gerund is. <laughs> wow, I'm really impressed right now. Like, I don't know if it's because I had low expectations coming in, or if it's because I don't typically run into adults that know what gerunds I don't typically run into teenagers that don't know what gerunds are. That's my job, but good, good for you. There's not even a Schoolhouse Rock song. <laughs> not yet. Oh, oh, oh. I'll be, I'll be back in a minute. 
<laughs> I am waiting. Um, but now that they're going to get clear off all this stuff, well, they're doing it because, well, quite frankly, it's a good business practice. So how do you guys feel about the Twitter CEO stating he's going to do something with the best of intentions, even though he should have done it a long time ago? And now that it's good for business, he's decided it's a good business decision. We haven't heard from Chase in a while. I think I'll let you go first. Wow, man, this is a this is a hard problem. And I, I, I feel like I change my mind about it like every week, day, hour. Um, the number of times that I have quit Twitter and then unquit Twitter and then re-unquit Twitter um, to escape all this has just kind of become a joke now. I've sort of accepted it of myself that every month or so I'm just going to need to run away and pretend to never come back. Um, Something's got to be done. And I think we all agree and every reasonable person agrees that that something's got to be done. At the same time, it's a... I think people sometimes fail to appreciate how much of a technical problem this is as much as a problem of priorities. It's not... It's not just that he didn't care enough, and now that now there's some financial incentive for him to care. It's really, really hard to to make a platform that both is sensitive to and respects free speech, which people, uh, which is a standard that people hold Twitter to, and at the same time comes down hard on abusive speech. And there's not. There, there's not a lot of forgiveness when you make that call wrong and you know not to not to apologize for it because I think there's a, a lot of real problems there that need to be solved but it's to me it's as much a, a technical problem of how you sort through billions and billions of chunks of text to decide what's good and what's bad as it is a values problem. Rob and I were discussing this very briefly in the pre-show when we were trying to work out a couple of <clears throat> technical issues. And I purposefully said, I'm not going to say anything to you about this because he and I kind of have a different uh, a different viewpoint. You're not going to find a bigger defendant of free speech than I am. With a mouth on me like I have, um, I, I pretty much have to embrace free speech with both arms. I think the reason, uh, and I don't think it's a coincidence, I think the reason that he is being, that um, CEO Costello is being so verbal about this in a quote-unquote internal memo. Funny how that made it out and became external. (laughs) Um, I think that the thing that has really brought this to the forefront is this whole Gamergate thing. And I think that it is another example. See, I told you I was going to bring it back around. I think it's another example of technology and the things that we have and don't completely understand being ahead of regulations that we have in place. Cause I mean, Chase, you're, you're right. It's not an easy line to draw. Where do we say it stops being free speech and starts being uh, abusive or hateful speech? It's, it's one of those things where wh- why do the laws still say that stalking has to be a physical in-person activity? Why do why does um, assault or harassment still have to be directed from me verbally to you verbally? Why does it have to be like that? And I think that it's the reason that this is on the forefront, why this is such a, 
a newsworthy item right now. I mean, obviously it is. If it wasn't, we wouldn't be talking about it. I think that the reason that this is a big deal right now is because there are a lot of people out there that are getting doxxed and harassed and swatted. Is that the past tense of that? We have to use all the capital letters. The pe- people people are getting screwed with on the internet by these trolls that, oh, look, now it's remarkably convenient because it doesn't make sense for us to keep them around in a business sense. It's remarkably convenient. Now we're going to get rid of them. I, I And don't get me wrong. I'm in favor of this. I think the argument that we're getting rid of them because it doesn't make sense for us financially is a very convenient reasoning to say we're also getting rid of these trolls because it just nobody wants to hang out in an environment where people are free to talk shit about them with impunity well can i can i ask you for your teacherly perspective on on something because i think the like you i'm happy to take every member of gamergate and parade them naked through the streets poking them in an ask with a skewer um hot skewers hot skewers hot skewers that's a visual okay hot skewers cold skewers frozen skewers um, what makes me a little bit nervous in reference to um, the sort of com- things people say on Twitter coming back to bite them is every now and then hearing a story about a teenager who gets suspended or expelled because they said something on Twitter nasty about um, their teacher or their principal or something like that. Um, and, and I am admittedly a little bit worried now, you know, when it when it gets to be threatening or when it gets to be directed at other students, it seems like another issue. I am worried that, you know, teenagers are getting punished sometimes, not because they were particularly threatening, but because they weren't particularly tactful. And that's a, that's a sort of hard thing to have walking around following you the rest of your life. Is this, I mean, is your, is your student's social media presence something that worries you, concerns you, occupies your mind? I will say that the last thing I did on the Sunday night before I started student teaching on a Monday was to go through all of my social media profiles and lock them down and hide them as much as I possibly could. Um, That was about three and a half years ago as of January. Well, yeah, as of about a month ago now, uh, with the exception of my Instagram account, they are all once again public. A, because I am not ashamed of things I have to hide, and B, uh, because obviously it's much easier for me to create a social um, presence online if people have access to me. That being said, uh, when I was talking to our technology specialist at the school, who is our direct line to basically technology and human resources at our central office. She said, it's one of those things where you need to make sure that whatever you have out there, you know that if it's public, a student can see it, a parent can see it. And it's, you know, it's public record. They can come back around and say something to you. I take fewer pictures of beer. Now I'm sure that I use (laughs) far fewer four letter words in the tweets that I actually have. That being said, it's not going to stop me from saying fuck right in the middle of this podcast because it's, I I have a diff- I, I have a different outlook on things than a lot of the teachers that are sitting in the classrooms and working with our young people every day and that is this is an environment that these kids are going to grow up in this is this presence of technology is something that is very 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 much a part of their daily um and their daily lives so they need to understand 
and res- and uh, and and know that they're not by themselves out there. That there are other people that are present. Like I, I can see them if I want to go see them, and they can see me if they want to if they want to see me. We have a county policy that says we're not allowed to um, friend or follow or whatever any of our students or former students until they they turn eighteen. And I think that's a really good way to look at, look at it. But the whole you're getting suspended because you said something stupid about a teacher thing upsets me from a, a First Amendment point of view. A Listen, it's it's not a job requirement for my kids to like me. It makes my job easier. But I would be foolish to think to myself, to, th- to think that if I went in every day, um, my primary responsibility is to have my kids like and respect me. Uh, I'm not always going to get that. But at the same time, you do have to make sure that you're not letting them go out there and... <clears throat> I'm not okay with a kid being suspended for saying shit about me. I am completely okay with a kid being suspended for cyberbullying or some other crap like that. Because when I was a kid and I got picked on, that stuff at least ended at school. I could go home. I could sit on the couch. I could do whatever I needed to do. I could watch, I don't know, my Mighty Morphin Power Rangers in the afternoon, um, followed by X-Men. So that was a great solid hour of television in the afternoons. Um... I could go home, I can get away from that. The kids can't do that anymore because the the Instagrams and the Snapchats and the whatever, they're always they're always showing up. So I'm not okay with kids getting suspended for saying shit about me, but I'm completely okay with kids getting suspended for saying something about another student, particularly if they do that during school hours because, come on, be smarter about these things. Uh, people have been complaining about teachers and principals since there were teachers and principals, okay? And for the life of me, I can't figure out why if you're in a situation where you know somewhere down the line someone who can't hear your voice is going to call you an asshole, why you are somehow surprised that that person has called you an asshole. That that I don't understand. Um, but yeah, the the, the whole cyberbullying thing, I <clears throat> I really if if this if this and you know Mr. Costolo's efforts cut down, you know, five percent of that, I I you know I'm I, I'm absolutely all for it because. These kids today, I mean, they, they live in these devices. These kids today. These How kids old today. are you, sir? These 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 children, they just... Get off my lawn, he things. said. To be fair, well, I think you just said the Snapchats earlier, so... I, you, you didn't pick up the irony there? I just... <laughs> was that not on fleek? Is that the problem? Oh, mm. please, please keep your fleek out of this podcast. Crossover. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you you and and wellfully can be on fleek with with your notebooks all you want but thank not, you not so i appreciate that this, that i take that podcast. as a compliment that's not a gerund no <laughs> thank you i glad, wonder and glad we got that worked and, out and this will probably rub will the free speech advocate way the wrong way uh, part of me wonders if the the problem here is the assumption that we all have that 
on a website like Twitter that's owned by somebody else that's ultimate goal is to sell us ads that we have that we have or should expect free speech in the same way that we would expect it if we were standing on a street corner. Which you're um, intimately familiar with, if I remember correctly. Which I'm intimately <laughs> familiar with. Apparently, you can say anything you want on a street corner for as long or as or as late or into as many megaphones as you like. Um, at, at least that's what the 911 operator told me. Um, oh, God. I, I, <laughs> only only up there in the in the free will in Northwest, buddy, because I got to tell you something. Uh, if they started that stuff on my corner, he'd have been shot before the cops got here. I think welcome, that's probably why they have... Welcome to the American South. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably why they legalize pot in your neck of the woods so you can tolerate shit like that. So, like, it's cool, man. Just Did the 911 operator tell you to just light up a blunt and, and just deal with it? Fair enough. That's, prob- that's probably what I should have done. Um, Not that I'm advocating drug use. Former or future <laughs> students who may be listening to the podcast. I am not advocating drug use. No, no. The, the official position of this podcast is if you can, you know, imbibe legally, by all means do so. However, if it's not legal, do not do so. Thus ends the official statement on imbibing for these stuff and things. That's not a network-wide statement. That's just a you statement. I correct, think that if we're going to put out an actual position paper. <laughs> Speaking of position papers, uh, Chase, I'm sorry to have interrupted you. Go right ahead. I'm not sure why that was a segue from position paper but okay i feel um, like with educational policy there would be some position papers involved am i just making false assumptions uh, we, we, we got some position papers sure that, there I, we go I can, uh-huh. I can pass them along um i, I guess it, it it just occurs to me while while we're having this conversation that we we expect twitter to do a lot we expect twitter to do everything from you know the the proverbial communicating what we had for lunch today to um bringing about cultural revolutions in Middle Eastern countries and everything in between. And none of those things seem particularly aligned with what Dick Costolo has to wake up and think about every day, which is making Twitter money. And well, I don't, I, I don't necessarily know um, what the, what the resolution to that problem is or what the, the best way to deal with that disconnect is. But I wonder if some of what we get into here is expecting that those two things are going to be aligned and that we can do both those very different kind of communications in the same place without there being consequences. Does he make more money if he advocates free speech or does he make more money if he shuts out all the haters? I think he garners more goodwill. If he says, you see this terrible thing that's been going on, this terrible stuff that's been happening, these terrible things that have been have been making children feel bad. Well, we're going to put a stop to this. And I think he's, you know, right and noble to do so. But do I think it would have had such a great impetus had someone not looked and gone, wow, we got like 40, you know, thousand fake accounts started today. And most of them, you know, are basically built to offend people. So if we stop this, we could target our ads better and we could stop people, you know, from treating each other ridiculously bad. Let's go with that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I I certainly think the, the, 
I certainly think the monetary benefit of this to Twitter was in the equation. Well, it may but, not have been the first thing in the equation, and I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt on that. But you have to look at the side of, well, this is certainly a better business decision for them, you know? Well, but then don't you get a lot of people who are on the Voltaire side of the argument? The I don't necessarily agree with what you have to say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. I mean... Listen, I am not by any means or by any stretch of the imagination advocating for hate speech or for, you know, people to say horrible, mean, hateful things and send pizzas covered in pork products to uh, the houses of journalists. I am not at all advocating for that. But at the same time, part of what the nation is founded on is, and again, Chase, I completely agree with you. This is a not a, it's not a private company, but this is a company. This is not. It's not like I'm using electricity or water or some other sort of public utility. I'm not using public broadcast to to exercise my right to free speech. It, it is a company, and Twitter and everyone that runs it has the right, nay, the responsibility to make sure that they are making decisions that are best for them monetarily. Um, regardless of whether or not it fits into what everyone's view of the Constitution is. But you're, I feel like, you know, there's going to be a fair amount of, of backlash from people who are like, listen, just let the idiots say what they have to say because that's kind of why we're here. Well, at least then we know who they are. That's Well, no, that's no, no thing. we really don't. We know what well, fake no. profiles they've created. No, well, yeah, but then, then you say, okay, this is where it is. But the, the question I also have, and that I don't think, you know, maybe this was part of the internal memo that didn't get leaked, was who's going to make the decision as to what and what does not constitute hate speech? Now, that's a grand ball of wax that I don't necessarily know that we need to roll over in this podcast. But at some point, you have to have someone to say um, when, you know... When this happens, are, are, are we gonna are we gonna send us to a committee? Is there gonna sort of some be some sort of ombudsman or ombudswoman of Twitter who's gonna say you can do this, you can't do that? You know, I, I'm obviously you know there's the whole thing. You know, I know what pornography is when I see it. Kind of argument that I know what is definitely hate speech and what is not. But when are we going to run into the you know? the poor over offended. There's that as well. well. I think the, the element that makes that even more complicated just as a result of Twitter size is that really, you know, when you, when you get into that business, once you put your foot into the water of deciding what can and can't be there, you really have to have like thousands of people who can make that call and thousands of people who can make that call consistently in a way that doesn't upset people because you allow something one day and then don't allow it the next day. Um, you've got to have them on 24 hours a day. And, you know, all, all that stuff costs an extraordinary amount of money and time and energy. And if the state of YouTube comments proves anything to us, it's that oh, even God, the biggest YouTube. tech companies in the world, even the biggest tech companies in the world can't do that with no. any degree of success. And I don't think eliminating all these fake accounts are going to create enough are going to create enough revenue to cover that. In the business sense, right. if I could just throw that back in there, 
Yeah. Right. So, so where 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 where's this end? So is this is is this a reasonable expectation? Can he can Dick Costello and vis a vis the powers that be at Twitter honestly say we're kicking the trolls because that's what we're going to do? Is is that a realistic expectation? I think there's a realistic expectation that that and and Chase, you can agree with me or not on this. I think there's a way that you can say that you can make it that you have made it better. I think there are ways that you can point to specific instances to say, well, you know, we've received, you know, so many thousand complaints, which resulted in so many thousand reviews, which in, you know, in so many cases said this many people were expend were suspended, this many people were permanently removed from Twitter, or this many people were, you know, not this this complaint was found to have no cause, so we didn't do anything. Right. No, I, I, I more or less agree. I think there are there are policies that you can put in place that can make this better. And um, a lot of people have said what I think are important things to note about, for example, Twitter not allowing you to register a complaint about someone's tweet unless you're the subject of the harassment and having to fill out these massive bits of paperwork and revealing your real name when you're accusing someone and, and all of that stuff. I, I think that's, that's all stuff that I, I hope is getting through to, to Dick Stoll, although I don't know if it is. Um, I'm just, I, at the end of the day, I'm awfully pessimistic that even if it's in his financial best interest now, to crack down on this stuff and appear to crack down on it, that it will be in three months or six months' time. You know, I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> speaking of, of sort of shit bogs of the internet, I, I think about Reddit, which is owned by, you know, a Vanity Fair, a pretty massive, publicly traded, respected um, journalism company. Um, and Reddit is the place where everyone, including the President of the United States, feels like they can come on and do... Um, ask me anything to talk to the young people. And none of that has seeming, seemingly none of that has given any incentive to Reddit to crack down on it, to, to crack down on the worst parts of itself in anything more than a cursory way. And it, well, it, it, it kind of blow it kind of blows my mind sometimes it, to, to be honest, it kind of blows my mind that the president and Bill Gates and, and every, person of fame and distinction and respect feels like they can go on the website that you know a couple links away you're into the world of not so blanketed racism and occasionally child pornography like i i i don't know how to make sense of that it's a very odd space to to operate in and this this is this is the point where i'm uh, i'm actually going to ask the the secret question Oh, there's a secret question. Do there you is. have? There's can you put a sound clip in here when there when it's time for the secret question? Like, what time is it? Time for don't don't use that one. No, use yeah, it'll, it'll it'll be exactly that one. Cover exactly cover that cover one. over that with the sound clip, please. <laughs> secret question. Good. I have I have noticed today, um, actually, that when uh, when Dad and I were talking on the phone. We'll, now to clarify, it's not Chase's father as well. No, not Chase's father as well. Um, dad, I don't think dad's ever been to Iowa actually. So I think we can clear him of that. Um, we were talking about, um, our high school reunions both fall in the same year. 
and dad graduated from high school in 1970. I graduated in 1995. I know for you young kids, that makes me really old and that's okay. Um, but in there, I also remembered that it was about this time during my senior year that I first started using computers to interact with people in an online space. The, Tell me more, old man. The, well, the first, the first point for, for me was with an old 28.8 baud modem that I used over a phone line to connect to something called the Point BBS. It was all text-based. There were no pictures. It looked like MS-DOS for those... Uh, the, the, the kids are going to have to look that up, aren't they? Um, but it was a cool thing. You, you know, it was all local people. It was all... Imagine the internet, but only in your town. Like you only interacted with those people. You could send email to whoever you want. But you, the only people that you were interacting with in the chat room and the game room and the trivia game and everything else were all people in your town. So I'm here to ask you guys this. What is your earliest memory of interacting with people on the internet? Will? Oh no, Chase is going to have to start this one. Uh, it's going to take me a minute. Oh boy. Um, earliest memory. Gosh, um, this is going to, <laughs> this is going to simultaneously reveal me as um, far younger than Rob. And I'm afraid I'm going to get lambasted for that. <laughs> I, I I think Yahoo Groups was probably my first real introduction to a BBS style um, interaction on the internet. You know, I was oh God, people are going to Google this. Um, I was really heavily into Sports Night when I was a teenager. Yes. See, I knew we were going to be friends. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And you'd you'd be amazed how how many people were out there on the Yahoo groups talk, talking about the intricate workings of that program back in the day. Even oh, it's you know, so good. Two or three years after it aired, um, so that that as I rack my mind, that's the earliest thing that I can think of. And and God help me, I hope Yahoo deletes or loses those archives someday, so that I never have to remember that again. I don't know that Yahoo group still exists. I don't know. I I know I did use that as well. Now, granted, that was a few years later, but I used that as well. Uh, Will? All right, I got it. Um, AOL, free CD, chat rooms, maybe? Definitely had some kind of weird account. I remember running, um, like, wares with a Z, in AOL chat rooms um, when I was probably in the 7th or 8th grade, which is about the time I believe that you actually lived with us. Rob, not Chase. Oh, Again, yeah. Chase did not yeah. ever live with us at any point. Um, at least we, not to my memory. No, not. Well, you did black out for the episode last week. Um, right. No, I remember that. And I, can we say that Napster was interacting with people on the internet? Albeit well, very indirectly? Albeit very indirectly, sure. Because I remember, I distinctly remember um, downloading Killing Them Softly, the Dave Chappelle special, overnight while uh, Dad and my mom and Joy were out of town. You, So you must have been in the house. Were out of town and leaving the phone line 
dialed into whatever it needed to be dialed into the entire night so I could download what equated to be, I guess, about a two-hour comedy special, and it probably took about three times as long as the length of it to download. Uh, I don't even know how long it would take me to download a two-hour comedy special right now, but I guarantee you it's far less than six hours. So yeah, where's with a Z in an, in an AOL chat room and or Napster's probably interacting with people for the first time on the internet. And look how far we've come. Oh man, man. Well, have you have you seen the new thing? There's a the new th- that's that, that was an effortless segue. Effortless Props segue to you. on the internet. The, there's a well, new thing? Tell me about the new thing. Yeah, well, this, tell this me about is, this new thing on the internet, is, Rob. This is the new thing of stuff and things. I'm going to attempt to have a new thing all the time now. Um the social network simply called this. This I call it this dot, period. This yeah, this period or this I think it's this dot cm. Uh, currently, it's in beta, so that's where all the cool kids are. Um, I'm happy to say that I am one of the cool kids. You wouldn't call them cool kids if you weren't part of it. You know uh, that you okay. you call them you probably call them like the technologically elite or I don't know the nerds or something else. But yeah, the, Wealthly got us in, so all of a sudden we're the cool kids. Yeah, yeah. There we <laughs> go. Thanks, thanks, thanks Andy. Thanks, thanks, Andy. Um. It is a social media network in the sense that it's much like Twitter, where you find people that you follow. But it's about posting links. And before you go all crazy Facebook, like what happened to it? And I don't care about the 600 pictures of cats and, you know. Cat pictures don't bother me. You keep your baby to yourself, lady. Uh, Well, there's, there's that other thing as well. I don't even like kids. It... <laughs> well, well, you gotta you gotta rein in that child hate, bro, or Costello will kick you off Twitter. Um, it's about. I like how you went to Twitter and not like <laughs> your principal or superintendent could hear this. You went like straight to like social media is going to be upset with you. It doesn't matter to other adults that. Uh... Tell me more about this, Rob. <laughs> It seems to be about curation in that, get this. <laughs> I see what you did there. You can only share one link a day. One link per 24-hour period. So it causes you to be somewhat selective as to what you share. And I have also noticed of the people I follow. Now, I really I don't follow that many people because it is so new. Um, I haven't really found a lot of interesting people to follow. And also, there seem to be a lot of people that have joined but haven't gotten to share very much. But more on that in a second. I haven't seen the same thing shared twice. So there seems to be more of a curation of this. That it's more of people that really care about what it is they're putting out there. And I think that's an awesome thing. Now, Chase, you're not on this, but what does that, what does that sound like to you? Thanks for calling me out as not one of the cool kids. I certainly has never happened dude, to me before. As soon as I got an invite, you're in, dude. You're in. As soon as I can send an invite, you're the first guy. Um, uh, so, a, a, I really like the idea. Um, I, I must say, I hate the name. I, I really sort of. <laughs> I, I feel like the this comes from the sort of the what I associate with Tumblr anyway. The sort of posting an article and not having anything interesting to say about it other than to say this. Um, and, and I feel like that, you know, 
three months from now when everybody stopped doing that, we're going to all sort of scratch our heads by why this network is called this thing. Yeah. Um, regardless, I, I really like the idea. It sort of reminds me of, I don't know if either of you were uh, on or um, used Google Reader a lot before Google took it out back and had it shot. Womp, womp, womp. Yeah. Can I ask what you use now instead of Google Reader? Because I'm hoping you still use it or use I, something. I, I use Feedbin now. Okay, I, I'm a Feedly user, but sure. Me too, because I'm cheap as shit. Oh, <laughs> I like I like Newsblur. Newsblur's has a really good um, free and then premium uh, tier too. So if you're still doing RSS because you're into that kind of stuff, which you should be, because RSS man, um, yeah, Feedbin. But but Google Reader had this sort of social feature that people ended up using for kind of developing this community around sending links to news stories or sending links to good pieces of writing, which I assume is what, what this is sort of aping at um, or, or, or trying to achieve. One of the things that I'm sort of scratching my head about is, is as I think about the pe- people that I know or the people that I follow on various social media, um, there are definitely people who post too many links who I would be happier if they only posted one. But there are also people who can post more than one link a day and have them be pretty valuable. And there are people who probably couldn't come up with one link a day that I wanted to read. And so I, I imagine that if, when um, I get into the Magical Cool Kids Club, that my follower list is probably going to look a lot different than, say, my following list on Twitter or Instagram. I have noticed that um, a lot of people who are posting the most or or who are posting most often who appear to be posting either every day or every other day because you can search the archives you can see what people posted yesterday you can see what people posted the day before so you can kind of go back in time a little bit if you think you have a person who's posting something that's interesting that you may want to see more of what it is they're they're putting out there a lot of the interesting people appear to be journalists who have either links to things that they've written links to things that people at their publication have written uh, links that of in the grand media source have, you know, grand media resource has gotten more notoriety. Um, those people have been very interesting to follow. And I, I think that's, that's an awesome thing. It's not the kind of, you know, the general public isn't really doing all that, but I have noticed no one's picks, you know, posting a lot of pictures of cats or babies or dogs or, geckos or you know anything else it, it it seems to be a bit more i hate to use the word grown up but i'm purposely gonna make my link today pictures of awesome baby animals getting belly rubs i'm gonna do that just because i know you follow me and i want to completely throw your argument into the metaphorical wood chipper um no that's fine just here's, here's the other thing will just, have you figured out, Will, yet how to post those things? Yeah, it's called a bookmarklet. Dude, I tried that. It's not working in my... Uh, uh, Words? It's not working in my Chrome. Um, I'm doing it right now. Um, as we speak. Um, no, I, I think it's a good idea all the way around. Because I feel like it's, I'm in the same boat as Chase, where I feel like there are a lot of people that 
post way, way too many links out there for me to keep up with. That's why I've started using, um, oh great, now I have to pull this up. Um, the, what the iOS app with the, the hedgehog on it so that you can keep track of people and the links and the, it's called Nuzzle, which I don't know if it's better or worse than this. I can't tell. Uh, I can't tell. Um, but it's it's been important for me to be able to keep up with what links are the most shared or the most talked about because it's, I don't know, there's a lot of just fluff out there. And I like the idea behind this period because it kind of cuts down on the, on, the, on the fluff. I was discussing this topic with uh, my wife at dinner last night too, and I was kind of talking to her about the idea and behind the uh, behind the entire network, and she kind of looked at me in a way that was like, she understood but didn't necessarily see the appeal, and I don't know, I think it's for some people, but there are other people out there that just like the the white noise that comes along with having a thousand people that you follow on Twitter or 700 plus Facebook friends that eventually you can just scroll through it and your mind picks up on that filter of this looks like it's going to be important. This looks like it's not necessarily something that I'm interested in. I've gotten to the point where I can do that with RSS, bringing it back around. But I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like it's a thing that is it, it definitely, it's definitely going to have an audience. It's definitely going to have an audience. It's going to help me find topics for this show. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. If you if you happen to be following me on this or you happen to post a lot of stuff to this, I'm here to say thank you. You're welcome. Says the guy who's never actually put up a post. Well, I haven't either because I can't get the book Until right now. Oh, please add an author. That's going to be me. I'm putting this thing up right now and add this. I just posted a link on this. Say what? It's a link to the nerduprising.co thing, and please don't tell anyone that I ever just went say what because this is not <laughs> clueless. I should definitely not be able to reference that movie in a pop culture. Uh, I think that actually made it Jeff, worse. Jeff. It's a good thing we're not recording this or anything. Right. Yeah, this is never going to be posted to the internet or anything. Don't put this on the internet. Oh, yeah, no, it's shared. It's, there and, it and is. We, and we were all talking about trolls before we did this. I just want you to say that. Say what? We, no, we were all talking about trolls before you decided to quote clueless on the internet. There you go. Yeah, that's true. I'm not sure how these two things are related, but I trust you. No, I don't. I don't think you're going to get any any, any uh, Twitter hate for quoting clueless. Dude, nobody hates clueless, right? Sure. Donald sure. Faison. Um, what's her name from the? Is she the E.T. girl or is that somebody? Nope, that's somebody different. Reese, that's not, no, that's not Reese Witherspoon either. I'm no good at this. They all look the same to me. <laughs> Who is that? Reese Witherspoon and then the girl that did the, she was in The Wedding Singer. Who's that? Uh, Barrymore. And then the girl that's actually in Clueless, which it's not like I don't have the internet right here in front of me. I Alicia just, Silverstone, I believe, is her name. So we have Alicia Silverstone and uh, Drew Barrymore and other person they're 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 all the same to me yeah yeah hopefully they're not listening to the show if they are listening to the show we have hit way outside our target demographic yeah i'm 
<laughs> I'm afraid somewhere in Seattle, Chase is thinking to himself, how did I get involved with this on a Sunday night? I hope that you weren't expecting <laughs> this to be a thorough intellectual discussion on whether or not Dick Costello can monetize trolls. Um, oh, dude, we spent an hour last week talking about how much Andy pays for rent and what's wrong with mattresses. I, I listened to that episode. I knew exactly yes. what I was getting into. Yes. And this is actually far more put together than the past couple of weeks have been. Maybe it's because it's in the evening. Maybe it's because I'm not drinking. Um, maybe it's because you're here and we feel like we have uh, and I need to impress you. We are still recording this, right? Yeah. yeah. We, we, All right. Then yeah. we should probably um, remain some sort of on topic. I don't know. Uh, to bring it back around to this, I, like I said, I think it's going to have its own audience. I don't know that it's going to be the next big thing because – like most things, I have yet to see how they're going to monetize it. Well, this is true. Unless there's some sort of way to come in um, on the referrals. But then again, then you, you're you only, you know. It's going to end up being just like Twitter with sponsored ads and sponsored posts. Hmm. I mean, I think, I feel like that's that's the way, that's the way into it. Or either that or it'll be something like the deck where there are ads on the bottom of your page. Well, there could be that. Could you, could you see it going where there is a, um, there's a sponsored post that suddenly is, you know, one of the most curated posts or the most often shared posts? I can see there being a sponsored post. I don't see that. This is, uh, if they were doing it like that, then why isn't Pinboard doing something like that? Because Pinboard, why aren't they, they don't have sponsored pins. I mean, you, that's still a pay-for service. They don't have... I mean, you can look and see what the most pinned item for the last 24 hours is, but that, you know, those people aren't paying for that. And then, then it just starts to feel sleazy. It just starts to feel like it no longer feels organic. And I think that's what you get into. I think it's either going to have to be clearly labeled um, sponsored posts, like a lot of the Twitter links are labeled as sponsored tweets, or it's going to have to be something reminiscent of the deck where there are hopefully non-intrusive ads on the page that are clearly labeled as ads, but still don't break up the, the flow too greatly. Um, like I said, I, I, I think it's got, a, I think it's a great idea. I think it's got legs, but I've, I've yet to figure out how they're going to make money on it. And that's, that's what it all boils down to. Yeah. The answer to all of your questions is money. <laughs> or Alicia Silverstone. Maybe so. I think that's the title of the podcast. Um. All right, dudes. Well, I think I'm pretty much ready to wrap this up. Uh, Is it Will, because you're you... sick of me? No, no, actually, no, no. I mean, we could it's keep not talking because we're sick of we're... Chase. No, we're certainly not sick of Chase. Would Chase? Would you ever consider coming back? We're gonna hold you to this. It's on the internet. Oh yeah, this was fun, guys. And uh, like I said, like I said to you before, we probably weren't recording. I'm happy to be on any podcast. I don't have to edit. So that is true. <laughs> well, well, we'll be glad to have you back on. Um, just as a bit of a programming note, um, I don't know what podcast I'll be able to participate in um, for another two weeks. It's because you're going to be drunk. Probably. I mean, if you want to like pull me in on a Skype call on the parade route, like I'm sure we can do that. I don't know what kind of show you're going to get out of it. I'm looking forward to doing the but I'm not by myself. But I'm not. But I'm certainly not saying I won't take your phone call. I'm not saying that. Um, You're just going to sound drunker than you did before when you were working out the issues with Audio Hijack uh, 3? Yeah. You're actually going to be like, Yeah. Well, talk about technology. Yeah. Wow. Okay. 
so anyway, we don't know when we will next uh, or when you will next hear from us in your podcatcher. Um, but we will be uh, hopefully getting back to more of our regularly scheduled programming after uh, Mardi Gras is over with here for me in New Orleans. Because it's a um, holiday for you and the rest of us have to suffer in the process. I'm trying to monetize this shit here, dude. You can't keep <laughs> saying, hey, we're going to have a schedule. We're not going to have a schedule. Let's do a show. Let's not do a show. That's not how you get sponsors and regular followers. If you're upset that Rob thinks he can take two weeks off to go drink and party, please make sure to tweet at him, either at Rob Fengi or at Stuff Things Rob, which is still the most hilarious Twitter <laughs> handle. I'm so glad I did that. Um, <laughs> if you want to email him, you can email him at rob at uh, nerduprising.co, although I don't know how now know why you would want to say anything longer than 140 characters. Uh, Chase, since you're on Twitter this month, is there... <laughs> is I mean, there... I, I'm on Twitter for the next hour or so. I can't necessarily promise I will be after that. Right. Well, then you have two options for getting in touch with Chase. Um, you can either send your tweets or emails to me. Uh, at Will Fangy or Will at NerdUprising.co or at StuffThingsRob or at Nerd underscore Uprising. Or if you want to get in touch with them for the next hour, which by the time this podcast publishes will not be a relevant time frame anymore. Chase, if people wanted to get in touch with you on the internet, is there a way for them to do that? There is. Uh, for the next hour, I'm on Twitter at the incredibly hard to spell Ethosophical. That's E-T-H-O-S-O-P-H-I-C-A-L. Um, there are links to that and emails and other stuff at semicolons.net. It is the best domain name ever, said the English teacher. There will okay. definitely be a link to semicolons.net at the top of the show notes. That way you can find uh, Chase there and say, oh my God, I can't believe you did those guys a solid and went on their podcast and listened to them ramble for an hour. Um Oh, speaking of coming on our podcast and listen to us ramble for an hour, thank you for giving me a segue into posting this. You're welcome. Chase, Chase is here because we put out a call to uh, have another uh, panelist on the podcast. We've said before that we would really like to have good guests on the podcast. Chase is here as an example of that. Uh, if I could answer any questions to how this normally works is you send us an email or you tweet at Stuff Things Rob and say, hey... I'll come on your podcast. Uh, we basically take a look and make sure that you're not on Mr. Costolo's list as a troll. And um, if we can fit you in and if you can work on our schedule, then you get the links to the articles or the things that we will discuss. Um, as long as you have a Skype connection and a decent microphone, you know, like one that works, uh, you're pretty much welcome to come on the podcast. If you can use Skype, you can be on a podcast. Yeah, if you can use Skype, you can be on a podcast. We'll we're gonna you know we're gonna make that happen. Um, that Costello and Trolls reminds me. Um, there is one thing I wanted to get in before we go. Um, have I had a chance to talk to you guys about ethics in video game journalism? Oh God, here uh, we go. Yeah. Uh, old switcheroo. Oh, I see what you did there. I'm not happy about it. Oh, this. <laughs> We'll we'll share links to that on this and that with no, Rob. this is, this, this and, and that, that with Rob. There is it a, is is a completely different podcast. It's a completely it's, completely different podcast. It's the one you're going to have to start now that this one has gone to complete shit once again. Is that the one that <laughs> is that the one that actually is about taxidermy? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. 
please come back next time. Please come back and continue to make uh, ridiculous jokes at the end. Uh, have great things to say in the middle and then, make, and then make ridiculously hilarious jokes at the end. Chase, it's not even my show, but thank you for coming on. Yes, Chase, thank you. Thank you, guys, you, thank you much for, uh, for, for coming on and spending this time with us. I had a blast, guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Well, we look forward to uh, talking to Chase again, and we look forward to talking to you again. Thank you for spending this time with us and listening to us uh, through whatever means that you subscribe to podcasts. Until next time, um, Will? Yeah, you're going to make it weird now. You're going to be like, until next time, this is same bad time, same bad. Okay, we're out. Bye. I think that could have gone a lot worse. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead. Yeah, way worse.